when I finished second and fifth, I took risks with those entries. It was tough because you look at the difference in the pay and it was significant, huge differences in pay. I mean, I could have gone from, uh, I made a lot, I made uh, just under a quarter million on that. But if things had gone the other way, I I would have made like 20,000, 30,000. Welcome to Props and Hops, a podcast pursuing the best in betting and beer and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and this week it's a deep dive on NFL contest and betting strategy with pro better Las Vegas Chris. Chris, welcome back to Props and Hops. It's good to be back. It's been a while since we've uh, done a show together. Uh, Always enjoyable. Yeah, always have a good time when we can do this. And it is NFL contest season right now. I know you've got a litany of accomplishments. I'd love it if to set the tone for some people who haven't come across your work yet, you could just rattle off a bit of your resume when it comes to the contest accomplishments over the years. Well, actually, I'm prouder of my betting record. Uh, I've got an excellent NFL betting record. But uh, as far as contests go, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have success over a long period of time, not just a one hit wonder. So, so I think the first one was uh, the, the win a uh, hundred thousand dollar eliminator. We won that uh, the palms um, uh, stations, last man standing have won both the NCAA and the NFL uh, won the NFL last year, two years ago, finished second and fifth in circa. And the year before I finished something like 20th and 31st. So, I've had some decent, uh, been fortunate. You've got to be very lucky in these things. Uh, it's, uh, I'm just, I've had some good fortune. Certainly a mix of skill and luck involved. I think there's plenty of skill behind your approach that we will touch on as well. But with those kinds of results, I want to make sure people know you've already got a pretty robust contest strategy playlist on your YouTube channel. I'll link to that channel in these show notes currently nine videos on the playlist from your previous media appearances. In fact, one of those is our Props and Hops interview just about this time last year. Perhaps this conversation will be a 10th video on that playlist. So we'll look to advance versus repeat a lot of the previous conversation that you've touched on over the years. And for starters, is there anything you can share about the contests that you're planning to enter this year? Well, I'll definitely be in the millions and, uh, Super contest and uh, maybe super contest gold. Um, if the uh, overlay in the college William Hill is still that deep, I, I might enter that one. Uh, but that's all I have in mind at this point. You touched on an overlay for a moment. For some of the unacquainted, can you explain what that concept looks like and how that can be beneficial to enter, even if you don't think you might have an edge on a lot of your competition? Well, you're probably going to see an overlay in uh, millions also. So uh, I'll apply it directly to millions instead of the uh, the college one. But essentially, there's a guarantee higher than per person uh, than there should be because they did not reach the number of entries that would cover that guarantee. So uh, William Hill and uh, and Circo are likely going to pay out uh, out of their pocket uh, 
for millions. Uh, Survivor looks like it's going to go over, though, so they'll be okay there. When it comes to a lot of these contests, some of them are really popular for people to chase that dream of a really big payday. Some contests a little bit less popular, but that might mean there's opportunity having a better chance to finish in the money or perhaps win the whole thing. What's your point of view when you look to enter contests on the popular side, kind of trying to find a needle in a haystack with a big payday versus just cleaning up with some of the lower hanging fruit around town in Vegas? Yeah. Well, you, you you definitely want to be looking at contests that have an overlay because you've got an advantage with that extra fewer people than they're supposed to be in that pool versus the money and the return you get. Uh, when Super Contest was charging uh, 3%, I stopped playing it because, um, it, you know, I, it's 3% less out of the pool. So, and actually, I think they went even higher than that at one point and, and hit like 6 or 7%. I'm not even sure, but... Uh, I, I just returned to Super Contest last year when they started taking the VIG out. And, uh, uh, you know, those are the things that I'm looking at. Uh, I'm not going to do Sur Survivor, probably, just because I don't like the way you have to think so differently and you can play perfectly through 14 weeks and your 17-point favorite loses. I prefer something like a station's last man standing. I forgot. I'll, I always play those. Um, where you, it's all 32 teams or all the teams that are playing that week are in action. Uh, I don't like the idea of being, uh, in a way, it's good that everybody jumps on the same team in Survivor, but I like all the teams to be involved and available each week, and that's what I think a true contest is. And uh, um, So that's why I kind of lean toward a point spread Survivor rather than a, uh, uh, a non-point spread Survivor. One quick note I'll jump in was to get off track from the contest for a moment. I just noticed one of my audio settings, I think, wasn't picking up my mic. So if I'm sounding a little bit different to you, Chris, or to the listeners at this point, hopefully it's a much cleaner signal. Should be pretty good to go for the rest of this conversation. And I want to follow up on your answer to the previous question with how you have to think differently in some of these contests. And that can inform which ones you choose to join or not to join. I think one of your biggest tips across all the interviews you've done over the years on contest strategy would be that you can't be careless with your selections or your approach. And I'm wondering how you go about that delicate dance mentally about being mindful about everything you're doing versus perhaps going a bit too far and overthinking your selections. Well, I, I've said it before. I don't choose my picks until 25, 20 minutes before deadline. And I don't like to go the whole week thinking about it. I, I used to partner with the, uh, somebody and, and he was always, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Oh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm like, I'm not thinking hey, it's a waste of time for me to waste the whole week. Uh, predis predispositioning me towards certain teams or against certain teams because all the news is not out yet. And, um, you just tend to overthink it a little bit. You fall in love or hate with teams that may be very good plays by the time it comes to Saturday, and it can impede your thought process. And on that note, I think timing such a big component of this. I hadn't really considered it prior to this year, but I think it's been around as long as contests have been around. Even if you're you know, flying into Vegas from out of state, entering a contest, you're going to have to use a proxy to get your picks in during the season the proxies deadline always going to be earlier than the actual contest submission deadline so that they can accommodate all the selections that they're fulfilling for others. So 
knowing that that can put people at a bit of a disadvantage. I mean, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but I do think it's important to understand the implications of the timing. How do you go about making sure that you're making the most of every minute you can get when deadlines are approaching? Well, I've had, I had follow-ups the year I came in second in Circa. I, I followed up two entries, just both entries right on the deadline with last-minute impulse realizations that uh, uh, of what the sides were going to be. And that's why I wane as long as possible uh, because I, I don't know what it is, but epiphanies come. Once you see the, the market shaping the numbers, you want every last minute you can get you know, frankly, uh, the only thing that I worry about are technology failures, that, which can leave you high and dry. But uh, so far, so good. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for technology to be kind to you this coming season once again on the contest front. And one more contest strategy question I wanted to run by you. It came to me as I was reading a book I'm still in the middle of as the NFL season approaches, um, some parallels to betting, but the book is more about poker. It's called The Biggest Bluff by Maria Konnikova, and she basically quit her job writing for The New Yorker to pursue poker and see what she could accomplish there. And early on in her journey, she was told by her mentor, Eric Seidel, a world-renowned poker player, that she was actually cashing too often in her tournaments. I think a betting parallel to crystallize this could be that people often looking to hedge, there's the notion of, are you trying to lock in some money today or maximize your earn over time? And in the case of the biggest bluff, it seems like Konnikova, every time she got into the money, she then made a quick exit. So she was consistently cashing, but never really advancing far enough to hit a big payday. And her opponents at the table, as they picked up on her patterns, could take advantage of that. So she was pumped to always be finishing in the money, but she was perhaps leaving some money on the table by taking that approach. And tying this back in with contests, if that makes sense, Chris, I'd love to get your point of view on a common talking point, just playing to finish in the money versus really aggressively playing to win the whole thing. You know, it's funny you do use that comparison because when it comes to poker tournaments, I, I probably was pretty satisfied to make the money more times than not. I, I probably had, lacked a little self-confidence and realized, well, hitting that top of the board, uh, you know, that, that's probably not me, but at least I got in the money. Uh, with the NFL contests, I have an entirely different mindset. I, I don't, Sure, I like the buffer of how many places that they're playing, but I'm playing to win. Uh, I, I I don't care if, you know, when I finished second and fifth, I took risks with those entries. And it was it was tough because you look at the difference in the pay, and it was significant, huge differences in pay. I mean, I could have gone from uh, – I made a lot – I made, of, I made uh, just under a quarter million on that. But if things had gone the other way, I, I would have made like 20,000, 30,000. So it was it was difficult, but you've you have to stick with your mindset and either go for it and, and, and feel good about it and not second guess yourself or say, I'm just happy to get in the money, you know, because if there are two and two entirely different mindsets that you have to be aware of, if you're really going to shoot for that number, you know, those that top five. You got to know that that's what your goal is from day one and not lose sight, not question yourself. And I know this is a long winded explanation, but it's extremely important to get your mindset into what's going to make you happy and stick with it. And if your focus is on winning the whole thing from the outset versus just trying to finish in the money, 
how does that perhaps look a little bit different in practice? You know, when you're taking an optimal approach to play to win versus finishing the money, what might that mean on a week to week basis as you're turning in your selections for something like Circa Million? Well, when we talk about shooting for that top five, that only really, really comes in, into play in the last quarter. So you, you, you're, you're using your same strategy of, of just trying to pick winners, number one. And, uh, uh, you know, if you want to make some progress, you don't want to be on the same side as other people. Uh, you want to try to pick games that are, you know, a little bit. I pick games that I sometimes I bet the opposite side on or games that I would never even consider betting or games that I don't have interest in just because it's a good game to be, you know, it's a, you know, you find a good game or two that's off the beaten path that uh, can fit a uh, playing card. Well, um, that doesn't, you know, kind of can make you, you know, edge up a little bit faster, so to speak. Avoiding solid number games is a small little uh, um, trick because, you know, you don't want to, if you're really trying for first, you don't want to put yourself in a position of, only being able to earn a half a game. Whereas, you know, the people that are shooting for the money are sitting there saying, Oh, well, maybe I can get a push and that'll help me and everybody else will push, you know, you need to be able to advance yourself and you want to pick as many half point games as possible, but you can't always do that. I think that this might tie in a bit to what you mentioned earlier. One of your entries from the 2020 circa million contest, getting off to a slow start, I believe you might have said on a previous appearance at the time you considered just pursuing a booby prize because it had gotten off to such an ominous start. And then you actually ended up finishing in fifth. And for context, the booby prize uh, throughout the season. And then I believe for the whole season as well, Circa will give payouts to people finishing in last place. Have you put any thought into whether trying to pick losers and pursue that booby prize is actually any easier than trying to pick winners? No, it's not any easier, and you have fewer prizes available for it to you. Um, I, it, it's, I'll guarantee you there's probably three times as many people than there should be chasing the booby prize on a slow start. You, you want to be in that position where the prizes are better, and you just need a short run to possibly get one of those quarterly prizes. Uh, and, and you just don't know. I mean, like you mentioned, the, the, that entry that finished fifth – I had two entirely different uh, entries on each card and somehow ended up there uh, meeting. So I, I think it was like 60, 61% of similar picks. I, I, I actually evaluated, you know, 40% different selections is a huge amount uh, over the, the space of time, but I, I definitely recommend not chasing booby prizes. I mean, unless you're just literally, uh, you know, one in, you know, uh, 14 and 15, then, then you got to actually look that way, but uh, it's much better to go for the wins. I'd like to zoom out a bit and think about the current contest landscape as a whole. What would you say as somebody who attacks those markets so effectively would be your biggest challenge? And on the other end of the spectrum, where you see the biggest area of opportunity? Well, for me, I think the biggest area of opportunity is if I'm in it at the end. Uh, um, there's so much luck and variance involved to get you into that position. Once you get into those final few weeks, I feel like I've got a strong advantage because it, it, it mind screws almost everybody because they, they start worrying about every little thing and they overthink it. And uh, 
Um, they, they, you know, they're happy just being in the money. Um, they, they're going to pick wrong games. They're, they're just literally prone to, to make some errors in general, unless they just get bone lucky. Uh, you're going to, I feel like I would pass a lot of people in the last couple of weeks uh, just because they're playing it safe, so to speak. And is there anything on the flip side that even as successful as you've been, you still just find incredibly challenging about the current contest dynamics? Well, I don't like to mix Survivor and Millions. I, I found last week that it, or last year that it annoyed me. It it changed my. I'm, I'm thinking on two different wavelengths with Millions and Survivor, and uh, my heart just wasn't even in it in the first place. So uh, I, I I don't want to change my thought patterns too much, if that makes any sense. So I, I found it challenging to do both of those contests. Yeah, it can definitely be a, a mental gymnastics act trying to juggle too much at the same time. So one more contest question for you, Chris, then we'll transition into betting, which you mentioned you're even more proud of that record than your contest records over the years. But to wrap up the contest portion of this conversation, if we're to think about the ideal contest in the eyes of Las Vegas, Chris, you get to call the shots when it comes to the structure, the size of the pool, the payouts. What would you say is a good description of an ideal contest in your eyes for the NFL? Well, there, there's a group of pro handicappers. Uh, we, we, I suggested an idea, and, we, and we've done it a handful of times. It's been a few years since we've done it, uh, but it was, for the, it was for the challenge. No promotion. Nobody knew anything about it, but we'd have, you know, eight to ten people in each year, uh, and it's a very simple contest concept, and, and I love it. Uh, and I've suggested it to uh, some of the books. I think it's a software issue that might be a problem, but I call it the 100. You pick any 100 games you want all year long. You, if you want to skip weeks one and three, one to three, you can skip them. You want to bet 12 games in a week, you get to pick every single game. You, you're not constrained to five picks a week. Uh, you've got some flexibility, and I think that that is uh, – a little bit more skillful and i think you get a little bit more of a, a real champion out of that situation uh so I, I i can't wait for the day we see something like that you mentioned having done this with some friends maybe a software issue for some books right now but is there an over under you might care to put out as a guess as to uh, when we might see that if indeed we do across las vegas and perhaps other jurisdictions i don't know i mean there it's I, I think uh, Circa's kind of uh, entrenched into what they are, they're offering now. I, I could see them maybe adding a high-dollar contest. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're doing this smart thing, and they're going with the flow, and uh, you don't want to do too much at one time. I, I'd hope that uh, one of the majors would, you know, take that concept and run with it because it would be a lot of fun. Cops and ops and cops and ops and cops 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 and c